Hey, everyone. Welcome to Queerly Recommended. I am Tara Scott, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Chris Bryant. Hello, and welcome to episode 22. And I have nothing clever to say about the number 22 other than it's even and it makes me happy. There you go. Okay. (laughs) So since last time, we found out that the Scott family had COVID. Yep. How are things now? What's going on? You know what? It's a lot better. We're all out of our isolation windows. We're all feeling way, way, way better. Unfortunately, I still have a lingering cough. Neil has a weird time with taste and smell. And everybody's still a little bit tired. But it's so nice to be able to leave the house. Yay! That is good. We went for a couple of family walks last weekend. And it was like the best walks I've ever been on in the whole of my life. Because that was the one thing. Like all I wanted to do while we were (laughs) quarantining was just go walk around the block. So we did. You could do that. It wasn't hard for the lungs or anything. No, no, it wasn't hard for the lungs at all. I ended up further re-screwing up my foot a little bit, but that's okay. I'm going to physio. It's going to be better. I'm going to be able to walk pain-free soon. Good, good. Soon, soon. Uh, But you also had COVID reach your family as you (sighs) shared with your patrons on Patreon. How is your sister doing now? So here's the story. My sister, um, her work, has a really great place where she works. And they really encourage, you know, self-help, self-awareness, self-healing. And they allow uh, people to go on sabbaticals. And so my sister has been planning the sabbatical, uh, the six-week sabbatical for years. And finally, you know, other countries opened up. She was double-vaxxed. And she's really very good about masking. Uh, kind of like the rest of us, and like, don't touch me, get away from me, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so she went, and she spent two weeks in Turkey, and then uh, she went t- uh, to Greece, and uh, was in bed for two weeks, because she got COVID really bad. And uh, she did not reach out for the family. I think I said that she didn't, like, talk to us for a couple days, three days, until I reached out. I'm like, you really need to check in with mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And then she called and said she had COVID, she didn't want to tell anybody. So I didn't tell anybody because I was kind of keeping it, you know, every day I would worry about my sister. Is she okay? Is she okay? But it was really bad. She dropped 30 pounds. How do you lose 30 pounds in eight days? COVID, that is that's wild. How you do it. Yeah. That is wild. Yeah. So then I, I finally put something out on my uh, Patreon page and one of my patrons reached out. She's like, Chris, I'm in Greece. I'm in Athens where my sister is. And she's like, I can run your sister over medicine, drinks, food, anything she needs. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that's amazing. That's I totally so forgot that that uh, uh, my friend, she had moved from Estonia down to Greece. And, you know, the good news is by then my sister was doing a lot better. She was sitting up. She was able to eat, like, cottage cheese and mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. So uh, so then I posted it on Facebook. I'm like, this is, this is how awesome my Patreon family is. You know, everybody reaches out and everybody – I love, I love my Patreon page. That's mm-hmm. a whole different story. But then somebody else who is in Greece, a reader, reached out uh, on Messenger and said the same thing. Look, I'm in Athens. I can do anything. I can, you know, take your sister anything she needs. And I just thought that was so sweet. I mean, I'm just, I, I love, I love the community we're in because it's it's a big, giant world, but we're a small group and mm-hmm. very, very supportive. So. so the good news is my sister is better and she just had her blood test today, mm-hmm. which means she can fly home. She was good. negative. So she can fly home, and she's just like, I just want to go home. I want to be in my bed. I just want to heal at home. Mm-hmm. So she still has a lot of the COVID effects, but she's no longer uh, positive. She's not going to be able to transmit it to anybody. She just is tired and wants to come home. So it's going to be a rough Monday, Tuesday for her, but that's when she's coming Yes. Home. Well, thank goodness she was vaccinated. Yes, for sure. She actually said, she goes, I feel like had I not been vaccinated, I for sure would have died. That's how bad she felt. And my sister's not a whiny baby. Mm-hmm. She's not a whiny baby at all. And I got mad at her because I'm like, this is the second time I almost lost you. Like, stop doing this to me. It's a bit rude. I know. It's not a good pattern. <laughs> it's not. It's not a good pattern. So uh, I'm finally, I'm, I'm done stress eating for the, the week. So mm-hmm. uh, get her home so I can relax a little bit before my big trip. Right. Because... When this episode drops, I mean, we're, so we always record about a week and a half before the episodes go up. 
But when this goes up, you are already going to be at P-Town at Women's Week. What are you going to be doing there? And where can people find you if they're also going to be there and want to uh, check out your public appearances? Yes, I'm excited. I have been waiting for this for years, literally years. And I, I have actually kind of sequestered myself. I'm working from home for two weeks. I am staying in my bubble so that I stay safe. And I'm driving to P-Town. So... All of our events uh, through Bold Strokes Books, our events are at the library, but I'm also doing reading at Nappy's Restaurant with a couple of other writers from different publications. That's kind of a thing. And Mm -hmm. so I'll be at Nappy's on Friday and the schedule is up everywhere. And for sure, I'll be doing some readings and some panels and some question and answers. And all of those will happen at the Provincetown Library which is like smack dab on commercial and you can't miss it. It's a beautiful, big yellowish white building. I'm excited. That sounds so nice. (laughs) I haven't gone anywhere since February of last year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm super jealous. Yes. The only place I have been, I have been down to my sister's um, lake house Mm -hmm. Uh, a couple times and KB Draper's lake house a couple of times and that's it so I haven't really seen anybody it's all been like safe small spaces and this time I get to see people I haven't seen in forever and I'm gonna cry the whole time I literally am gonna cry I talked to Ray and we both decided we're just gonna like burst into tears just embrace it yes for sure yeah yes so if you see two people bawling their eyes out together yes it's gonna be <laughs> it's chris and bryant and rachel spangler <laughs> for sure and Reunited. i cry at everything if i walk in and i see somebody crying i'm crying even if i don't know the reason i'm crying oh the empathy crying oh f- is horrible. So, so bad i know i'm the same way too that's the i used to be able to watch anything and then not cry and then i watched something where it's like it could be like somebody having happy tears Yes. In a movie, and then I'm crying too, and I'm like, it's just so beautiful. I cry at everything. I cry at sporting events. Who cries at sporting events? Oh, me. me. Well, but if it's like a big moment, yeah, and you know they've worked really hard for it, that's why sports movies get. I don't watch them very often, and I'm not particularly <sighs> interested in them. But when I do see them, and it's like the team, they come together yes. and do this thing, and then I'm just like a puddle yeah. because it's. So beautiful that they it achieved is. their dream. Like Rudy. Oh my God. Everybody cries at Rudy. Right? Field of Dreams. What else? Oh, Invincible. Come on. Uh, yeah. There was another football movie that that happened with for me. And I, I cannot remember what it is. Oh, the one with Sandra Bullock, maybe? Maybe. I can't think of what it's called. You would think I've been dropping them like name dropping, you, movie You're dropping. a football fan. <laughs> we actually timed this recording so you could watch your football game. <laughs> it's like, we gotta do it early because the Chiefs are playing at noon, so let's get this going. Yeah, we are not I can't think around. of what it's called. The big... I can't remember. But I think maybe. that might be the one, though. Yeah. Gosh yeah. It. And then as soon as we stop recording, or like right in the middle of your recommendation, I'll blurt it out because it'll come to me. Oh, I had a moment like that. <laughs> yeah. What day is it today? Okay, two days ago, I had a moment like that. I met up for coffee with a couple of people uh, from work, just like a, an outdoor coffee thing. And then I was talking to one of them and I was telling him about somebody in our family circle who is Mennonite and he's throwing out last names like, is it this? Is it this? Is it this? I'm like, oh, no, no, I know what it is. And then I look and I, she's the one person in my contacts that doesn't have the last name in there. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Sally. So I was like, Whatever. So we part ways and I have walked literally maybe 30 feet from where we parted when her last name popped in my head. And I was like, come on. And Very I looked it up brain. and it's the blind side. Yeah, I think so, that's okay. the one. Yeah. Well, yeah. But all right. So uh, since the last episode, there was another uh, lovely, beautiful, sweet, anonymous soul who supported us through Kofi. For anyone who is not familiar, it is a site where you can financially support your favorite content creators. You can do it as a one-off. You can do it as a recurring, whatever you like. We always appreciate it when that happens because that basically pays for all the things that run the show. And if you feel so inclined, please feel free. We put the link in the show notes. If you don't feel inclined, that's okay. We still love you too. If you would want to even just tell a friend that you think might be interested in the show, uh, we would super duper appreciate that. 
as well. Yes, because we need uh, more listeners and we appreciate all of them. And anytime we get a tip, it really does. I didn't realize how expensive it really is to run a podcast until you went over the numbers with me. So that was a shock, a surprise. But uh, okay, so in other news, it is listener question time. Mm -hmm. We have such a love-hate relationship with listener question time. We love them, but sometimes I have a hard, okay, so correction, I have a love-hate relationship with listener question time because some of the questions are really hard. Mm -hmm. Like, I seriously can't answer them. Mm -hmm. So, one that we have, Fangirl Loves Pizza asks, if y'all could greenlight any queer movie, queer book into a movie, which book? And who would be your dream cast? So. This is a tough one, for sure. I would say... Oh, shit. I mean, there, there's a handful of them I would absolutely love to see. The one that came to mind first for me was One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. Anybody who follows me knows that when I fall in love with a book, I'm just going to keep talking about that book over and over again. So, yeah, you're going to keep hearing about that book. <laughs> I don't know who I would cast, though, because I don't watch or follow enough media to know who the 20 to 25-year-olds. I am like a 95-year-old, 42-year-old. <laughs> I just don't know. But then I also think, you know, Anna Burke's speculative fiction and any of any of Anna Burke's books. I mean, I mean, her contemporary romances would be fine. But like her book Nottingham, which is like the queer retelling of Robin Hood would be freaking fabulous. What is her Beauty and the Beast retelling? Thorn. Thank you. You're welcome. Thorn. Because my brain kept going Huntress. And I'm like, no, that (laughs) is a Melinda Lowe book. Huntress. (laughs) No, not that one. And that's the only word my brain was supplying. So again, my brain continuing to be a total dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) Great book. Not helpful. And then also her Compass Rose books. Like those would be fabulous. I know when we were talking about this too, I cracked a joke. (laughs) Because we're Chris and I were talking. We were like, geez, how are we going to answer this? And I said, okay, well, what if they did fried green tomatoes again, but actually made it gay this time? <laughs> Just think about how much freedoms we would have we would have had 20 years ago had we seen this movie with more gayness, more queerness mm-hmm. to it. It would have been incredible. It would have it would have really meant it, it already. I think in talking with other people meant so much to so many people. Right, and I think it could have done so much. They, yeah, they for sure could have done a much better job with the movie. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? So this is one of those love-hate questions. I love it, and yet I hate it because it's so hard to answer. So this is, when I got into reading Lesfic, the one book that, to me, played out as a movie because it was so well-written, and I know I've talked about this before, but it's Mm -hmm. just, it's one of those where I could see it because the description was so just... It was just so good. And it's mm-hmm. uh, C.F. Frizzell's Stick McLaughlin books, The Prohibition Years. It was the first book. Uh, and this, there's only a two book, kind of a continuation. But the first yeah. book by far is just, it just, it's like a movie in your head. And I always call it a movie because in my head, it's so visual that yeah. it is a movie. And I'm like, no, I mean the book. So I'm yeah. going to go with that. You know, and as far as like who could play the roles, it's several stages of Stick's life, you know how stick became uh you know like a an orphan on the streets type thing and then a teenager and then an adult and so so there's too many it's like it's almost like a lifetime going on in this book so a bunch of different people could play stick so Mm -hmm. i i I can't really answer that because again like all the actresses like i find attractive and really enjoy watching and like or you know mid-30s maybe in their 40s so trying to find somebody to play you know i'm kind of in the same boat i don't know a lot of 20 year old actresses i just don't no see that's my problem all the ones that i think of are like the youngest for sure in their 30s but they're probably in their 40s or 50s yeah like sure we can't put Kate Blanchett is a 25-year-old. <laughs> You're right. We can't put... Yeah, or sure. Charlize Theron. We can't. Yes! Sorry. I know. So, well, we're just going to have to... We're going to have to wait until we, we learn more about the 20s, you know, as they come up, the actresses in their 20s, as they make bigger, bolder, badass movies that are mainstream, queer. It's true. The only one I could queer. think of maybe, maybe is Florence Pugh, but I've only seen her in the Black Widow film. So now I'm just like, well, let's just put her in everything because I really <laughs> yeah, liked her exactly. in that. 
True. Yeah, and I'm really bad at young actresses' names because I'm thinking, okay, who's the one who did the updated Laura Croft? Who was that? See, I don't know, but she would be good in something. I didn't know that there was an updated Laura Croft. Well, okay, so the original, Angelina Jolie, hello. Yes. Yes, okay, but then there was another one, and her, I totally picture her. Yeah, okay. I I didn't Mm. know if you even knew about the Angelina Jolie one. No, and I mean... I'm such a curmudgeon that when, like, Timothy Chalamet's name kept showing up uh, all over Twitter, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> what, were they, what are they talking about? <laughs> so I, I don't know. When I was growing up, I was always like, when I'm older, I'm not going to be like these older people. And now that I'm older, I'm like, fuck that. I'm leaning in. I'm just going to be extra curmudgeon <laughs> <laughs> and refuse to learn what everybody else is talking about. It's funny. I like oh, no, I like. I'm like... What's trending? What is trending? I know. This is what I love about us. Like <laughs> we're a little we're opposites almost. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's so true. That's funny. Oh, so Chris, what have you been watching lately? I know it's a big writing time for you, so you're probably not doing a ton of reading. I'm not doing a ton of reading. Yeah, plus I have to get ready for um P-town. And so like mm-hmm. all the writers who are there you see on their uh, social media feeds are like, oh, I'm practicing my reading for P-Town. And I'm like, how am I the only person who waits like 10 minutes before to actually practice and pick a scene to read? I mean, I have been with this book for a year, for a mm-hmm. year at least. Mm-hmm. You know, not to mention like the book that I'm going to be reading from is going to be Not Guilty. And I literally was on that journey for a year through edits, through writing. I know that book forward and backward. What's, what scene are you going to read? <laughs> I have no idea. Like, I need to find, and I'm going to be reading at least three different times. So I have to find three different scenes in this book that doesn't give too much away, where I don't have to say pussy words (laughs) in front of a bunch of people that uh, maybe Uh aren't used to that. That's why I write under Brit Writer for that kind of stuff, you know, those kind of scenes and stuff, erotica, because... I have my Chris Bryant fans that like the sweet romance. And then, you know, I wanted to try a, a little bit rawer stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, so Britt Ryder. So now I'm going to show up as Britt Ryder. And I'm going to, you know, Chris Bryant fans are going to be like, what? <laughs> so I will have to make it so that it's sexy, but not too sexy. And I'll go through those eventually. I mean, I'll, I'll go through the book at some point and maybe, you know, mark a few scenes. I don't You're going to be driving to P-Town, listening to your own book, trying to choose a path. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's uh yeah I really don't know it's hard because mm-hmm. yeah, it just is uh no idea so <laughs> good luck <laughs> yes thank you thank you very much but yeah so I have been of course I'm still on my walking dead um season finale series I'm mm-hmm. still watching that and I'm still watching that freaking train wreck that is turning into <laughs> the L word generation Q I uh-huh. like I uh, you know I don't even know what to do I don't know I don't know what to do I have to watch it like I'm the kind of person who's committed to things and I have to finish it very rarely do I stop watching something because I'm so far in that I might as well mm-hmm. finish it to the end of the the season at least so I yeah. kind of feel like life is too short I also don't finish books that I don't like yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe for books. And sometimes series or movies, especially if they're like zombie or apocalyptic. Yeah. I don't have time to watch really bad movies. I started a movie that was so bad that I just, I was like, yeah, no, I can't even do it. It was a 2.9 out of 10 on Amazon. And I'm like, it can't be that bad. <laughs> it has like Tom. was. So let me tell you, they had like a big actor, Tom Sizemore. He's a big actor, right? I mean, everybody kind of. He's notable. He's notable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I'm going through, I'm still working through the L word, Generation Q, but I'm getting mm-hmm. kind of pissed off about it, so, but I will watch it finished. But To the end of the season or to the end of the series? Or is this the final season? I don't know. Um, I really don't know. For sure, at least until the end of the season. And then mm-hmm. we'll see how I feel. Because I still am invested in Bette Porter. Oh, yeah. But I think she's the only one anymore. Everybody else is just like, I can't with them well that's I just fair can't. yeah so so we'll just see you know and so i done did it guess what i did what did you do i promised everybody that i was going to start christmas movies and i did Woo! and what so 
Well, here's the reason. So, like, Lifetime just announced that they have their first mainstream lesbian holiday movie called Under the Christmas Tree. I don't know if you saw that on... No. No, yeah. So, that was a big thing that happened. So, in honor of my love of holiday movies and lesbians, Mm -hmm. I decided to watch the incredibly cheesy movie on Tello called Season of Love. Okay. So... I remember and I had been hearing about it. this one a lot. Yes, you had been I, fighting it? I had been fighting it because I heard really bad things about it. Like, it wasn't great, but yay, we have a lesbian movie. Mm-hmm. But as an erper, I had to watch it. I finally said, okay, I'm going to do it. Because Dominique Provo Chocli, I always mispronounce mm-hmm. her name. She's in it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and watch this movie. And <laughs> here's a funny thing. I have a really awfully awkward social moment with Dominique. I had okay. in real life, in real life. So, and there are people who are listening to this podcast now who were there at the time. Okay. At this horrible, socially awkward moment happened in my life. So we're, uh, we're at dinner and mm-hmm. we're at the table. Dom's at her table talking to us mm-hmm. and she kind of goes around to the table and we talk about her or we talk about ourselves to her, you know, tell her who we are, what we do. And I don't know why I did this. I, I, I turned into Ross from friends and I started <laughs> talking to her in a British accent. No. Yes, I did. <laughs> Chris, and why? I, I, I was so nervous and I was just, I, I panicked and I don't, you know, and you know, I love British accents. I love like you do. pretending like I have them. You do. And I slipped into a British accent and like, I don't <laughs> Why? And it's so embarrassing that I'm sharing this story, but I did it. And yeah, so anyway, so back to the movie. Was it a good movie? No, not really. Okay. Um, is the acting superb? Not at all. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. But it was, you know, because I had a really rough two weeks and I, and I started, did. I, I did. And so I just needed a feel good movie and, you know, I am more of a Hallmark kind of girl rather than Lifetime Mm -hmm. because Hallmark is like sugar and spice and everything nice, whereas Lifetime is love story gone wrong with a stalker and a kidnapping and a hospital stay by one or two of the leads, even though they both are considered like happy love stories. I just feel like Lifetime goes down a really dark path. Oh, yeah. And Hallmark is all fluff. And so I'm more on the Hallmark level. And this movie is is very Hallmarky. It's just... The uh the acting was really bad, very bad. I was just I was surprised at how bad it was. Oh well. Yeah. I mean, you kind of never know with indie filmmaking true. what that, you're gonna get. True. But I mean, sometimes you, I'm yeah. just saying you know, have somebody who's like pulling. You know, this is kind of like Tom Sizemore. You think you know there's an actor who has been in a lot of things that they mm-hmm. know their way in front of a camera, but. Apparently, directors are really underappreciated because mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, some of the uh, the actors are really taking leads and cues from the director. So, and that makes it a much better movie. Was it at least cute? It was super cute. And it was a lot. It was so nice to watch this movie after the shit show that is the L Word Generation Q. <laughs> and it deals with, you know, the same situations. You have these, you know, queer couples and yeah. they try to get together or they're trying to get together or this person falls in love with this person. And so, I mean, it's fun to watch and it's it's good to get into the Christmas spirit. So that's 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 what I have been watching. So Whoa. what about you? <laughs> I know. That's a lot. <laughs> what about you? What have you been reading and or watching? So last night. Neil and I checked out Everybody's Talking About Jamie. It's a new film that was released, uh, I think, a couple weeks ago on Amazon Prime. And it's based on the true story of this boy in the UK. Uh, He's gay and he knows that he wants to be a drag queen and he decides that he wants to go. Not only that, he wants to go to prom in drag. And much like... not totally like, but sort of, sort of like what you're saying with Season of Love. I was really hopeful for this one, especially, you know, Richard E. Grant is in it and he plays um, a, an aging drag queen who puts Jamie into drag for the first time. And so is kind of his drag mother. And it's a movie. <laughs> it's a queer movie. <laughs> say that it's definitely a queer movie. I 
think I somehow missed the fact that so it's based on a true story, but it's also it's based on um, a musical that played on at the West End that was based on a true story. Hmm. And so they kind of took that musical and they adapted it for screen. And unfortunately, the music was my least favorite parts. And like, there's a lot Um, of songs in it. Um, But there's one, there's one song in particular and the, the way they did it, like, it's not even the song itself, but what they did for that part was really like just stunning and so beautiful and so well done. It's almost worth checking out for this part or just fast forward to this part where it shows it's Richard E. Grant singing kind of about his past. And because he's, you know, in his, I don't know, he's supposed to be in his sixties or something like that now. And so when he's singing, it's all old videos. It's like all old camcorder footage of like him at drag shows and stuff like that. And then you start to realize, Oh, because it's in the eighties. Oh, okay. There's this person who has AIDS, and then you realize, oh, oh it's right. his, yeah. it's his partner. And of course, I mean, anything with like gay men in the '80s, there's a decent chance. And so you see some of like you know Princess Diana and how she used to spend time. You know, they have footage of her with with these like gay men who clearly have AIDS, and it brings in the Freddie Mercury thing dying. And so it was like really like you know I got a little teary at that part, and that part was really I'm beautiful. Sure. But the rest yeah. of it. I actually really liked uh, the young man who played Jamie, I thought did a fabulous job. Um, Actually, I should have looked up to see how that person identifies because they might be non-binary. I don't know for sure. Um, But honestly, like, did a really good job. It just, it wasn't a hit for me. It wasn't a total miss, but I probably won't watch it again. So I don't know. I think it's... It's worth trying anyway, and if you already have Amazon Prime, then you have access to it. You don't have to pay extra to see it or anything like that. So I think that's one of those, like, your mileage may vary kinds of things. But otherwise, I've been reading. So I've been reading The Headmistress by Melena Mackay. I started reading this book because I got FOMO because... So many of my fellow reviewers at the Lesbian Review have been talking about how freaking amazing this book is. And so I was like, okay, fine, fine. It's time for me to check it out. And it's told from the perspective of this young teacher. And when I say young, I don't mean like, I don't think she's like 22 or anything like that, but I do think she's in her 20s. And she's a teacher at this like rich well, is it rich? I don't know. I'm I'm still fairly early into it. She's a teacher at a private school in New England. And the kind of school that's like clearly supposed to be pretty fancy. And they find out that the board is kicking out the current headmistress and they're bringing in a new headmistress. And kind of as this is happening at the beginning of each chapter, she's thinking about the last time she had sex with somebody, which was like a few months prior on a trip to New York City, and then guess who the new headmistress oh. is? <laughs> I think I know where this is going. Yes, <laughs> so good, so good. So I'm only I'm only about ten percent into it, so I don't really know kind of, but like I looked on Goodreads, and it I think like something like four hundred people have rated it, and it has like a four point six seven rating on Goodreads, good. which is yeah. like unreal so i'm really looking forward to seeing how that goes and then i'm also reading a book called the lost girls by sonia hartle and i'm really enjoying this one as well i think i'm about 20 percent in okay what's it about yeah this is a book it is like a queer vampire revenge story Ooh! i stumbled across it on netgalley and they never approved my request and i just paid my own real money for it because i had to this is one of the few blurbs that i went (laughs) oh and uh i usually just talk generally about what a book is but because that blurb got me so hard i'm gonna share the blurb for this one okay Holly Liddell has been stuck with crimped hair since 1987 when she agreed to let her boyfriend Elton turn her into a vampire. But when he ditches her at a gas station a few decades into their eternity together, she realizes that being young forever actually means working graveyard shifts at Taco Bell, 
sleeping in seedy motels, and being supernaturally compelled to follow your ex from town to town, at least until Holly meets Elton's other exes. It seems that Holly isn't the only girl Elton seduced into this wretched existence. He turned Ida in 1921, then Rose in 1954, and he abandoned them both before Holly was even born. Now Rose and Ida want to kill him before he can trick another girl into eternal adolescence, and they'll need Holly's help to do it. And once Holly starts falling for Elton's vulnerable new conquest, Parker, she'll do anything to save her. I'm going to skip the last paragraph because it doesn't matter. Holy shit. Right. Do I love this premise? Just the idea that like these three exes are going to, they're just going to fuck up this bad dude. (laughs) Speaks to my soul. And it's so, it's really, really good. It's, uh, I'm just starting to get into that one as well. I, I have gone back to an old pattern in my life, which is that I can't just read one book at a time right now. I think that's my, that's my pandemic damage is that I bounce between books. (laughs) But just, there's something really appealing to me about, like, girl gangs or, like, girls bending together to fuck up a bad dude. Or it doesn't even have to be girls. It can be old women. Like, I think we talked about that Courtney Milan romance where oh, it's, Robert like, Wright. two older women. Uh, right. Incomparable. Oh, I'm the worst. I'll get the title for you all and put it in the show notes. <laughs> Because I really loved that. And this is definitely like, this is not as funny as the Courtney Milan book. This is not funny at all. But it's fabulous. And I cannot wait to see. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see what happens with his, his, like Parker. Like, what's how they're going to save Parker? Do they turn her? Like, what happens when you're a vampire and a normal person and they age and you're stuck in adolescence? I mean, how does that work? I don't know. They've only just met, though. And already I'm like, ooh. (laughs) so if this ends up being really good i mean this or the or um right the headmistress my brain is not here today for words (laughs) yes if this or the headmistress turn out to be good one or both of them may end up being official recommendations so i will be back so chris good Yes. What is your official recommendation this week? Okay. So my official recommendation this week is a movie called The Intervention. What is that? Because it sounds really it familiar. Does. It's from and 2016. And, and this right here is going to give it away. Okay. okay. I picked it because it's directed by Clea Duvall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. She also stars in the movie uh, alongside uh, Melanie uh, Linsky, I think is how you pronounce her name, and Natasha Leone. Come on. How do we know those names? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you see where this is going? Well, I know that Clea Duvall and Natasha Leone were in, but I'm a cheerleader yes! together. Yes. Yes. And so, so was um, uh, Melanie. Oh, she was, was she? In it too. Yeah. She's like the uh, the girl that introduces uh, Natasha around, is she and she's got the actor? glasses. I can't remember that, but I mean, I think if she's who I think she is, does she have this like really sweet, almost baby voice? And yes, kind of like yes, a bit of a baby that's her. Face? Okay, yes, 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 yes. About. Okay, yes. So, uh, so it's funny because after I finished the the intervention, then I started. Uh, but I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> Just <laughs> because it was like they're all. I have this thing where if if people are in movies and then I see them in movies later, whether it's like a previous movie mm-hmm. or a future movie. Like, I get all nostalgic, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is so great. And it can yeah. be, like, the worst thing, and I will still watch it because, like, my little heart's happy. Yeah. So Fair. Yes. So, here's the uh, movie synopsis. Mm-hmm. A weekend getaway for four couples takes a sharp turn when one of the couples discovers the entire trip was orchestrated to host an intervention on their marriage. So, Crazy. first of all, right? Like, who doesn't love a weekend getaway with friends? I mean, it's been forever. But mm-hmm. like I don't know if you've been on many, and there's it. I have been on several, and it all, and I always feel like there's always a couple who fights. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but That's I what feel Tyler like Barry movies tell us <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and this is a true thing. So you know, everyone pretends it's normal, and they walk around in eggshells. You know, so basically, this movie is like the big chill was for like baby boomers mm-hmm. and late Gen Xers. This is the the big chill millennial version minus the trying to impregnate your friend <laughs> and <laughs> minus the incredible soundtrack that came with the good chill oh but yeah yeah that was, that was amazing soundtrack, soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah okay so 
Let me tell you about the characters real quick. Okay. Uh, the couples. There's four. There are four couples on this uh, weekend getaway trip. And mm-hmm. you have Peter and Ruby, and they're the main couple. They're the couple that everybody wants to uh, do this intervention on. I wanted in on the intervention because they were horrible to each other. <laughs> like, they were awful. And, like, they cringe. I mean, I cringed every time I saw them because you just knew that once one of them opened their mouths, it was going to be bitchy and hateful. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, in. I was down for the whole intervention. Yep. And then you have the lesbian, I, I, I quote, lesbian couple, Sarah and Jesse. Mm-hmm. They're there uh, to help this whole intervention. Um, they've been together three years, and um, but they don't live together. Like, Jesse has, like, this commitment issue thing. So, she, okay. so yeah. So, she doesn't want that. And then there's another couple, and I'm going to call them the fresh couple because it's Jack, who has been friends with this group forever. He brings along this 22-year-old new girlfriend. Like, oh. and everybody's jealous of her because she's young and she's carefree and she's sexual. And What's like, they're always damage? like, yes. So they're, they're like, hey, put on a shirt. Why don't you put on a full length shirt? You know, because she always wears these crop tops and she's mm-hmm, just like mm-hmm. cutesy, sexy. And the final couple is the engaged couple who uh, actually Annie and Matt. And Annie's the one who decided to call this intervention on her friend. So. No. So basically what comes to light is that each couple has their own set of serious problems, mm-hmm. you know, but I think that's life. I think, you know, we all mm-hmm. have, everybody thinks like the, the couple next to you is perfect, but they're really not because everybody just has problems. Mm-hmm. So like Annie thinks that like the big problem is her friend's marriage, whereas Annie drinks a lot, like a ton. Oh. Yeah. And so, uh, so it's kind of interesting how um, at the end, the intervention kind of switches. Mm-hmm. So the pros and cons about this, this movie, like one pro and con is that it's the same thing. So like they bring alcoholism to light and one mm-hmm. of the characters is an alcoholic, obviously. But then there's a lot of alcohol in the whole the whole thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of alcohol. Even I was like, oh my gosh, that's way too much alcohol for mm-hmm. being around an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. The thing that I, the one thing I didn't like about that in that in that regard is that they asked her to not drink. They're like, look, you're drinking all the time. You have a lot of alcohol in the morning, noon, night day drinking, morning drinking, everything. And so they switch her to water, but yeah, everybody is still drinking wine and scotch and whiskey. And I'm just like, you know, no. if you're going to do that, you know, you hide the alcohol. It's like, let's Bad all friends. have this. Yes. So I had an issue with that, but I loved the, uh, the queer couple in this movie. Like mm-hmm. I love them so much. Their problems felt like real queer problems. Oh yeah. So uh, uh, they go to get the rental car and one of the guys at the rental car, he starts flirting with Sarah and tries to pick her up right in front of Jesse. And nobody says anything. Like, she's just like, Oh, <laughs> oh that's so nice. Day. <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. Jesse sits there and she's like, okay, whatever. Cause that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if, you know, people, a lot of queers who, I don't know if they, you know, look straight or whatever, if they get hit, they get hit on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it's not like people don't feel threatened, like their significant other doesn't feel threatened because, of course, you know, they're not into them or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because when the, the movie finally, like everything comes to head, everybody starts fighting and arguing. It comes out that Lola, who is in the fun, new, she's the young girl, mm-hmm. the 22-year-old, she actually kisses Jesse. No. Ah! And they get caught. But, but Jesse's not kissing her back. And so uh-huh. then it comes to, so then Sarah finds out about it and they, they have this huge, massive fight. And she's like, you know what? I didn't say anything when that guy was hitting on you at the counter. And Lola, I didn't kiss her back, but it made me feel good. I felt good again. You know, I had mm-hmm. somebody giving me attention. And, and I think that that's a real thing. I think when people get mm-hmm. into a relationship that sometimes it can become stagnant. Mm-hmm. And so they like got it all out. Hey. You know, this is how I feel. And so it was kind of interesting to see this whole blow up. And then the other one's like, I want to sleep with a man. I miss sleeping with men. Yeah. Hmm. So they worked through it. And and somebody's like, okay, hold on. Do you really want to break up with her because of 
the kiss. And like, no. Okay, so then let's just talk this through. So they like mm-hmm. really focused on communication and so the queer relationship survives. You know, they talk it through. And so I thought mm-hmm. it was really nice. It was nice to see a big recognizable cast with a queer with queer leads, you know, because mm-hmm. there's four couples. So yeah, so I recommend it um for that reason because it's kind of fun to to see that relationship and talk about real problems that exist and you know the same things happen in heterosexual relationships that happen in in queer relationships i mean it's just a relationship and they they bring it to light and i i really thought that that was important and plus it was kind of a you know all in all it was a it was a good movie nice yeah so Hmm. but They lacked the music that the Big Chill had. So I'm just saying. So just play the Big Chill soundtrack in right. the background you're watching while this you're one. watching you're like, this oh, movie. Oh, it's a great movie. Because <laughs> I'm all about music. We know this about me. I you love are. good music. So mm-hmm. anyway, that was my recommendation. What is your big recommendation for this week? So I think we've talked before about how I don't generally watch a ton of TV but I finished Shit's Creek because, you know, I had honestly, I had been holding off on finishing Shit's Creek because <laughs> I didn't want it to end. And then <laughs> I couldn't go anywhere because we all got COVID. So it was kind of one of those, well, if not now, when? So I finished it and I was like, oh shit, I need something else. And then I watched an entire series, all four seasons. Oh my God. In the time since the last episode recorded <laughs> and this episode. Oh my God. And that that's... show is The Good Place. Starring Kristen Bell, Ted Danson, Jamila Jamil, and I cannot rena- remember the names of anybody else. That's <laughs> because you like binge watched it like super I fast. Watched, I did. Well, I couldn't go anywhere. What right. was I going to do? That's amazing. And so there are four seasons and actually they're pretty short seasons, right? They're only 22 minute episodes. Oh, it's like okay. 10 to 12 episodes per season. And it's about it, or sorry, it's not just about it's. It opens with this woman, Eleanor, played by Kristen Bell. Um, she wakes up. She uh, she wakes up, and Ted Danson says, "Eleanor, you've died, and you're in the good place." And kind of by the end of the episode, she realizes she shouldn't actually be there. And so her the the man she's told is her soulmate, Chidi. Uh, he's a moral philosopher and when she tells him he kind of starts to freak out and she's like well hang on but you know all about how to be good so how about you help me and I'll just become a better person and I'll earn my way into being here and it's a really funny show but it's also an incredibly thoughtful show Uh, because like I said Chidi is a moral philosopher and so moral philosophy is actually something that kind of carries through all four seasons and if you would have told me before I watched this, that I would love a sitcom that is like packed full of moral philosophy, I would have been like, go away. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, philosophy has never really been my thing. And yet it's so like, it's clever and funny and thoughtful and makes you feel all the feelings sometimes because at the core of it, really is that question of what makes people good how how do we be good people can somebody who's not good become good or can somebody who's like kind of good become more good and one of the things that I also really loved about it which is why it's relevant for this show is that Eleanor is canonically bisexual And it's no big deal. You know, we see her make somewhat inappropriate comments about how she's attracted to certain other women there or has been (laughs) um, in the past. And, you know, she hits on Jamila Jamil's character (laughs) relatively frequently. But, like, I liked seeing a character who just talks about their attraction to anybody kind of where gender doesn't seem to be that big of a deal in it so i mean maybe i don't know maybe she's pansexual maybe she's not bisexual again she doesn't declare it but it doesn't matter it's not labels aren't really relevant there and it's just so good the the other thing is that like that finale i remember seeing twitter go nuts about the finale and the thing that really impressed me is that nobody 
talked about why it was incredible. Okay. It Don't ruin just, it for us. I'm not going to. I'm gonna okay. do, I'm gonna do the same thing that, that Twitter did or that all okay. the people that I follow on Twitter did anyway. They all just talked about how it was such a good ending. And it okay. is. It is probably the best finale I've ever seen in a TV show. Because finales are hard they to are. do. You know, there are high expectations and I mean, I remember how pissed off everybody was at the finale for Seinfeld. Oh, because yeah. Because there were such high expectations. And then even much more recently, like, how about that Game of Thrones finale? Nobody was happy. <laughs> I know. I watched it. With how Game ah! of Thrones ended. But right. with The Good Place, it was just yeah. perfect. It was so... I cried. A Aww. lot. A Aww. lot. Oh. And even the next day thinking about it, it was just so, mm, I'm making hand gestures that only Chris can see. That makes no sense for anybody listening. <laughs> like Muppet hands. She's like doing Muppet something. That, yeah. Yeah. Are you um, keeping the tears in right now? Yeah. A little, a little bit. It's so tell. good. And I was going to say something else. And ah, I, oh, sorry. I know what it was. Oh. So. It is actually kind of the perfect show to watch back to back with Schitt's Creek. And I don't think it matters which one you watch first and which one you watch second because neither of them have anything to do with each other. But where they're both really similar is that it takes people who are kind of shitty because we see Eleanor as like what she was like when she was alive on Earth. And she was kind of a shitty person. You know, she worked at a multi-level marketing company selling bogus pills to seniors to try to, like, bilk them of their money. Like, or she would be the designated driver for her friend's group, and then she'd get hammered so she couldn't drive them. Like, just, she was a jerk. Just like at the beginning of Shit's Creek, you know, these, like, wealthy, entitled right. monsters and how they're... So while she ends up dying, you know, they end up going to a town where they probably wish they were dead because it's so <laughs> far in the middle of nowhere. And you see that, like, they both have that trajectory of, like, learning how to be good. And they both ended, I, I, I want to say too soon, but actually it's kind of perfect because they, they both ended at, like, the height of their popularity. They could have gone, either series could have gone so much further. They could have gotten so much more material out of there. And what they did instead was they ended it beautifully in nice. a way that left people wanting more. But acknowledging that what they got was just right. Yeah. So I love it. I love it when a TV series gets it right. I mean, I oh. Brooklyn Nine-Nine ended um, last week, I think. And mm. I, I got teary-eyed, too, because I always thought that that was such a fun show. I really enjoyed it. And actually, my ringtone was Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I switched it. What is it now? Oh, it's Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worthless. And also, another, like, New Heart. You're probably uh, too young for Newhart, as am I. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh -huh. Newhart had a fantastic ending. And I think I mentioned that my friend at work is going through the seasons now. He's like, he's in his 70s. And yeah. he watched the Newhart show and yeah. then never got into Newhart when it came out. Because it was like in the 80s and he runs an inn. And so the finale, I'm waiting for him to call me and tell me he finally finished. Because it's like eight season. And yeah. they're big, you know, episodes. And he's not like us where we can sit and binge like a season in one day. So he's mm -hmm. not like that. He like watches maybe one or two episodes a week. And I'm like, we're never going to get to the ending. But I really want to talk to him about this ending. <laughs> uh -huh. so, but that's good. And I, and I love the, I watched, uh, I started The Good Place. And I think I watched it when it was on TV. Mm -hmm. And I watched it because... She wasn't allowed to curse. Yes. So she's not oh allowed my to God. cuss it's or curse. It's so funny. Yeah. It's like, fuck you. And all the different <laughs> all the different ways to, to say fuck, but can't really Mother get away with saying it. Forkers, shirt balls. <laughs> yeah. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So I had started it, but I, and I will probably finish it, especially now that you've recommended it. I will finish it. And I will let you know if I cry on the ending, which I'm sure I will because you and I are both criers. Oh, my God. Yeah, I didn't think I was a crier. And then it's like, well, I have too much evidence to the contrary. <laughs> I am a crier. Yes, you are. Yeah, that's <laughs> happened. 
All right. That is all for this episode. Thank you, everybody, uh, for joining us, for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, please make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you'll get notified whenever we release an episode. Like I mentioned, if you feel so inclined uh, to support us through Ko-fi, there's a link there. If not, absolutely no big deal. But if you do have a friend that you think would like the show, somebody who's looking for queer media recommendations, please let them know all about it. Because honestly, that's the main thing. We just want to connect more people with the queer media that they want to be able to find right and also uh reviews it's cute because every time tara and i start we go we look at our reviews to see if we have any more and we haven't had any in a few in a little bit right it's been a, no, it's been a it's while been a so while. reviews would be great it makes us happy every time we start uh recording so if you could throw a review up that would be great i would love it and so would tara yeah. And always, if you want to connect with us uh, on your favorite social media sites, just search for Queerly Recommended on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can email us at podcast at queerlyrecommended.com. Thank you and goodbye. Bye, everyone. writing i know that book forward and backward what's what scene are you gonna read and that's just it i don't know because i act filthy to read it in front of a bunch maddie, of people you gotta go. and no maddie i'm recording a podcast you gotta go you... all right come around here and say hi to chris and then you gotta go and if you don't go then i'll text daddy to come and get you uh-oh hi Chris Hi. can't hear you though because of the headphone situation. So you can wave. Yeah, you gotta go. No, mommy does a lot of swearing when we do this. Mm-hmm. We use a lot of grown up words. So do I. <laughs> no, she can't hear you at least because I have the headphones. Okay. Uh, all right, let's text Neil. Please yeah. come and get Maddie. I told you that if you didn't go, then I was gonna text Daddy and get him to come and get you. Right? I just don't want wait for us to play together well you have to wait for us to play together